Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and having moved a lot, I know what it's like to experience that sharp sting of loneliness. And maybe that's why I so long for others to feel included. No one understands how much you and I need deep relationships, the type where we are known, seen, understood, and loved, like those who, for whatever reason, don't feel like they have this. And unfortunately, the wounds left from past seasons of emotional isolation can create pretty intense fear. According to one study conducted in 2016, loneliness was the greatest fear held by millennials, more than losing their homes or their jobs. And I totally get it. At the beginning of my daughter's third grade year, our family moved from Southern California, from neighbors we'd grown close to, from the church family we'd grown to love, and from the most active, welcoming, and largest homeschool group that I have ever encountered, to land for a while in a small town about 30 miles north of Kansas City, which also had a large, active, but much less welcoming homeschool group. Now, I don't think the residents meant to be exclusive. I think they were probably just busy. They'd already formed close relationships. Many of them had family nearby, if not literally next door. And my daughter and I, we just didn't fit in their already overscheduled schedule. And as a result, we went long stretches of time just really feeling alone. And even when we did try to connect, I think we went to every co-op, social, and church event we could find, we inevitably left feeling worse. From my experience, it often hurts most when we feel unnoticed, unseen, and therefore unvalued by those who are standing right in front of us. Because then not only do we feel lonely, but we tend to feel rejected as well. For a while, that experience left both my daughter and I jaded, so much so that out of fear of rejection and fear of getting hurt, I began isolating myself. Not always physically, but certainly emotionally. I began expecting others to reject me and viewing my present circumstances through the pain of my past, incorrectly interpreting other people's reactions as rejection. Maybe you can relate to the pain that comes from feeling unseen, unknown, and unloved, and from the fear of isolation, and maybe also from the perception-distorting effects caused by our fear and our pain. And maybe... Just maybe you're afraid to try again, to risk yet another heartache. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And yet, if you're listening to today's episode, I'm going to assume that you crave relational connection as well. In fact, I know you do. We all do, because God planted that need deep within our hearts, which is good news because that means since God gave us that need, he is even more concerned with our relationships than we are. That gut level fear and pain we feel reveals God's heart for us because he does not want us to live alone. And he invites us to turn to him in our pain, our longing, and to trust him to meet all of our needs. It's important that we give ourselves permission to feel, but to feel without placing all sorts of judgments on ourselves. And that's hard, isn't it? Because that's often our first response to pain, to seek out a why, and often to seek out that why within ourselves, determining that we are the problem, that we're in some way insufficient, when scripture states the opposite. When I'm feeling down on myself, when lies regarding my worth and who I am in Christ begin to rise up within me, I love to pray through and think deeply upon the truths recorded in Ephesians chapter 1. Holy Love Ministries actually has a Bible reading plan found on the YouVersion app, which will take you through the entire book of Ephesians. And I'll share a link in the show notes for those wanting to go deeper, as it is such a beautiful, life-changing book. Well, Paul, the first century church planter who wrote the letter we now find in our Bibles, he did so to encourage and unite a group of Jewish and Gentile believers who were experiencing significant racial and cultural division. They weren't living like the united, interdependent family members that God had redeemed them to be. Instead, many of them acted as if some were in, while treating others like outsiders. Having come directly out of idolatry, which involved lewd and sinful acts, I imagine many of the Ephesian believers walked into church gatherings expecting rejection and carrying a great deal of shame, at least That's how I might have felt had I been in their situation. Shame often involves viewing ourselves as inadequate and worthless, which tends to trigger a fear that others will come to see these false identities in us as well. And that deep-seated fear of first exposure and then rejection and abandonment, that can cause us to hide who we truly are and how we truly feel. And that's really the root often of loneliness. Often it's not so much the state of being alone but of being unknown, of feeling unknown. Ephesians 1 addresses this fear by providing powerful, shame-shattering truths regarding who we are in and to Christ. Starting in verse 4, we read, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. To paraphrase, regardless of how you feel and regardless of how others treat you, 
You are not excluded, rejected, or insufficient. You are chosen, called, predestined for greatness, lavished with grace, and included in God's family as his beloved son or daughter. Those are truths we must hold tight to in those moments when we're hurting and we feel alone because those truths, when received to the core of our being, can help insulate us from shame and therefore the self-imposed isolation shame often creates. When my daughter was growing up, my husband worked for the railroad, which is why we moved so often, and it often felt hard to be raising her without family nearby. But as we became involved with a local church, God helped me understand his definition of family. Based on blood, yes, but not mine, or my mother's, or father's, or grandmother's, or grandfather's. Instead, based on the blood of Jesus Christ. Because I belong to him, I also belong to every Christ-following church I enter. They're my brothers and sisters. Their souls are bound to mine and mine to them by the same spirit that resides within both of us. I'm thankful that we've landed in numerous faith communities over the years where members treated one another, even the newcomers, as siblings, fellow sons, and daughters of Christ. But we have also encountered some pretty dysfunctional family members where they formed cliques, drawing firm lines for who was in and who was out, where they gossiped about one another, where they manipulated each other, creating a growing environment of distrust, an environment that led to hurt rather than healing, anxiety rather than peace, and sorrow rather than joy. And maybe you've experienced that as well. Maybe that's where you are now. If so, can I gently suggest you pray about finding a healthier community? And I say pray on this because sometimes the exclusion we feel comes from the actions of others, but sometimes at least part of our hurt stems from, or at least is exasperated by, past wounds that we have experienced. Past hurts left unhealed and not brought to Jesus distort our vision and our perception. And if much of the hurt we're experiencing comes from some of those deep and unhealed soul wounds, we'll simply carry them and our faulty perception with us into the next church environment, and then the next, and then the next. And that will only lead to increased pain, fear, and soul scars. Therefore, we need to work on us, on our healing, on our boundaries. We need to seek God's wisdom for every encounter and every hurt. Often, our present experiences are a combination of what is occurring now. People truly can act ugly at times, and the past wounds that those hurtful actions aggravate, which means our journey to wholeness and relational fulfillment is complicated, to say the very least, and it will probably take much longer than we anticipate. So seek God, hold tight to his truth, ask for his perspective, and follow however he leads. For those of you who can't get to a local church or faith group for whatever reason, know that God sees you and grieves with you. I'm reminded of two biblical stories surrounding two deeply wounded women. One is Leah, and you can find her story in the book of Genesis. To paraphrase, her husband didn't love her. And unfortunately, some of you might understand the loneliness of living in a loveless marriage. I imagine Leah felt so very alone, so very unseen, but she wasn't. The Bible tells us in Genesis 29, verse 31, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved. 
Now, most likely God will respond to our pain differently, but we can trust him to respond to somehow reveal his love to us, showing us that he sees us as well. The second example comes from Genesis chapter 16. Again, to paraphrase, a woman named Hagar was torn from her homeland and forced to travel to an unknown destination as a slave. Worse, her mistress and her mistress's husband used her for their own selfish desires and in a devastatingly violating way. Eventually, things became so tense and painful within the camp in which she lived that she fled into the wilderness. But the angel of the Lord, whom many scholars believe was Jesus pre-incarnate, found her there and made himself known. According to scripture, she responded to this encounter with these words, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. God sees you as well. And he is with you in your pain and your loneliness. He is with you and he is for you. If you can't get out among people, Ask God to show you alternative ways that you can get your needs met. Because like I said before, our longing to connect with others is in fact a need. Are there any online groups you can join, people you can call, or maybe connect with through Zoom? Now, I understand that's not the same as sharing a conversation over coffee, but hopefully through one of those avenues, you can find at least some form of connection. I also encourage you to join one of Holy Love's online small groups. We have three Bible studies and one book club where members connect with one another through Zoom, where they share their hurts, their joys, where they ask for prayer, and where they pray for one another. Honestly, we have seen some really deep, special relationships formed in those groups. I also encourage you to join one of our private support groups as well, where you'll be able to interact with others, where you'll receive encouragement and support, and hopefully where you won't feel quite so alone, where you will begin to feel known and loved. I'll share links to all of those opportunities in the show notes. Can I pray with you? Holy Father, thank you for loving us so deeply. We know that you see us. We know that you understand our pain. Scripture says that you are close to the brokenhearted and being lonely, Lord, that makes us feel so brokenhearted. Lord, bring deep healing to those wounds that are causing us to pull back, to to hide ourselves, to isolate ourselves from others that that are maybe distorting our perceptions and, and causing us to expect rejection. Give us wisdom in those situations where we are maybe being treated like an outsider. Give us wisdom and and show us how to respond. Help us to find vibrant, healthy, loving faith communities where we can grow and where we can feel seen, known, and loved. And Lord, for those who can't get out, I just pray that you would give them wisdom as to how they can connect with others, whether that's online or whether that's through a phone call. And just encourage them, encourage their heart, remind them that you are with them and that you love them. And, and help them not to form lies from their pain, to just feel it, to feel it with you, and to follow however you lead. Thank you for loving us so very much. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening, for linking arms with us as together we actively advance towards increased freedom. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. And we have some great ones coming up. And make sure to share this podcast with your friends and rate it. That helps others to find it and encourages our team as well. 
Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.